injecting a slasher plot into a classic movie has become a trend in recent years. From Groundhog Day to Happy Death Day, from Last Action Hero to The Final Girls, and beyond. No reason it can't work at Christmas, so let's take a look at It's a Wonderful Knife. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter, and I wished he was here, and therefore he is. <laughs> it's Tim! <laughs> this is a horror movie podcast, we get together and we talk about horror mm-hmm. movies. It's Christmas season, and our final Christmas episode of the year is a newer release, it's It's a Wonderful Knife. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. Before we get into it, I'll just say that you can hit the like button if you're enjoying the show, and you can also go support us over at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses. I'll tell you more about that at the end, uh, but if you're enjoying the show, consider uh, the, the supporty things, because they help. But yes. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good way to get in some last-minute brownie points with Santa. Absolutely. It's a great idea. Even though... He famously likes cookies, but... I, I mean, he's a pretty big guy. I, I think he'll eat his fair share <laughs> of cookies, brownies, cakes. Well, I left some brownies out one year, and let's just say he was not too happy. <laughs> <laughs> Did he kick down your door and go, PUNISH! Ex- yes. Naughty! <laughs> I'm referencing the classic Christmas horror film, Salinate Deadly Night, for those of mm-hmm. you who are not uh, keeping up. But yeah, so, okay, It's a Wonderful Life. We'll start spoiler-free, of course. Uh, it is basically the premise of It's a Wonderful Life in that a character wishes she was never born and she sees what happens as a result of that and obviously things are much worse. The horror twist to it, which is obviously this has, given the title, is that she actually, the previous year, she, act- she stopped a serial killer after they killed a couple people but she stopped them, and then when she wishes she didn't exist anymore, it turns out the serial killer was never stopped, and there's people being murdered left and right, and people she cared about are dead, and oh no, she somehow has to fix it. And that's the that's <laughs> the premise of the movie. It's very much, you know, we did Totally Killer not that long ago, it's very much in a similar kind of genre, or sub-genre, mm-hmm. where it's, we're doing a sort of more light-hearted that's... horror movie with a gimmick, and yeah. I was going to ask you if, because we've had a couple of these now, uh, you know, including, yeah, like you said, just one, uh, no, not too long ago, just Totally Killer was just like a few months ago. Um, so, yeah, between that and Freaky and Happy Death Day, is it enough now that we can kind of call this a, a subgenre? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure what the specific name would be, but. Yeah, Final Girls probably goes in. I, I, I don't even know what, you, what, yeah, what do you call it? Like, I don't know how you, but they, yeah. they, they do all group together. <laughs> In, in a sense. And I just, I don't know. You can't say meta horror movie because that would include Scream and Scream's not the same as these. Right, uh, right, yeah. You can't call it a time loop movie because that's just Happy Death Day. Uh, you can't necessarily just... call it time travel. This is more of an alternate reality, this one. So but they're all very slightly different. But... It's the, well, it's just the idea of taking like a very well-known premise for another yes. movie and then injecting horror into it. So, the, I think we're the ones that have to do it. I think we have to think of a, a, a name for it that'll catch on. <laughs> yeah, basically it's the, the horror meets blank. 
Yeah. Right. It's, it's the horror milkshake movie where they where it puts it in a blender with another movie. Uh meat milkshake, you're making me hungry. <laughs> Yes, I don't know. It's, it's it's a weird trend that we're having, mm-hmm. and uh, and they all kind of seem like a lot of these. Was this written by the same guy that did Happy Death Day or one of them? I don't think I, 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 Happy Death because Scott Lobdell wrote Happy well, Death Day. I, I remember that quite vividly. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. Uh, <laughs> that was not him. Um, I, I thought oh, one of the that, pers- uh, what that, this guy did Freaky. Freaky. Okay, that's what you're thinking it. of. This is yeah. the same writer as Freaky. <laughs> interesting <laughs> so it's like it's not only that it's like oh yeah we're getting like these same types of movies but it's also like the same people that keep working on them and the director of this did tragedy girls which isn't quite in this vein uh, but yeah, yeah yeah you could you can sort of see some lineage there yeah well, sure sure i think when christopher landon went to do freaky i thought okay mm-hmm. he's got like a shtick Right between Happy Death Day, yeah. mm-hmm. he's kind of built like his identity as a director, and I'm kind of expecting mm-hmm. whatever he does next to also have a gimmick. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think he's already doing something next. It's not a horror movie. I think he's doing something that's more of a family ghost movie. But it, uh. you know, it, it, it seems like there's a kind of a shtick to 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 that. But I don't know. I mean, this is a, it's got a good title. If nothing else, get into this. I didn't know how I was going to feel oh, about sure. it, but yeah. I was like, you know what? It's got a title that's that's going to be easy to remember. Mm-hmm. So, um, w- one thing I, I do have to ask too. Uh, so have you actually seen It's a Wonderful Life? Because I personally, I I haven't seen it. It's one of those like weird movies that is so classic and iconic, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. But you know, you absorb so much of it through pop culture osmos- uh, osmosis. You know, because it's like you know that there's like you know so it, it's been parodied so so much you know like so many sitcom episodes and just lines have been referenced and everything so um even though I, i've never seen it before i'm you know very well aware of the the premise but i, I don't know if there was like deeper cuts uh in the movie that maybe i i might have missed from not having seen it like I'll deep s- cut references or something <laughs> Also, It's a Wonderful Life was the premise for Richie Rich 2, in which Richie Rich wishes <laughs> he was never born and then goes to an alternate reality where he meets all of his friends. I, I, I hope you guys are doing that on the Collector's Cup because there's no <laughs> other reason you should know anything about any Richie Rich sequel. I actually just remember from watching it on the Disney Channel from being a kid. <laughs> this is, for whatever reason, I don't remember anything that happens in it. I just remember it being It's a Wonderful Life. Mm but with Richie Rich. Not Macaulay Culkin, because he wasn't back for the sequel. He, he's, oh, of course not. He's, no. too, he's too big shot for that. Yeah. Um, I have seen this A Wonderful Life. I've seen that a couple times. It's been a while, though, admittedly. So I don't think there was any super deep cuts. I think the the sort of the location where she makes the wish is kind of similar to where mm-hmm. that happens in, in that movie. They reference the okay. movie uh, by talking about who the angel is and stuff but yeah like i i know the names of the characters so when they said that i was like oh okay i understand that but yeah but yeah i I, it's an interesting premise i think going into Mm -hmm. it i was like okay the best of this to me is happy death day with final girls like right next to it right those are the the Mm -hmm. best examples of these types of movies and then freaky and totally killer or sort of the 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 they're not terrible or anything. They're just kind of more mid, right? They're they're a bit closer to that middle well, of the pack kind of feel. That, 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I kind of feel like every time I hear about one of these, uh, we're taking this, you know, this movie and then doing a horror twist on it. I do kind of roll my eyes because it's just like, all right, like what? Happy Death Day. Like, even though that was a couple of years ago, it still feels like they're kind of chasing that because that was, you know, uh, somewhat popular, notable. It's like, all right, you're doing this thing again. But honestly, like none of the movies have ever been like bad. I don't think like like you said, yeah, some of them are more mid than you know than others or whatever um but yeah they're like like uh, there haven't been any that i i like I, you know i was i was more positive on totally killer than you but even that's not like you know oh my god it, it's so terrible or, or anything so yeah it's just kind of sort of middle of the road streaming fodder basically and sure I, yeah. I, you know I, I think that my expectation going of this is that it was probably going to end up feeling like that but um you know i'm hopeful to be pleasantly surprised and feel a bit more positive about mm-hmm. it and and what he rave about it hopefully so it's got mm-hmm. an interesting cast as well um i didn't really know the main couple of girls but there's a few interesting faces sprinkled throughout uh her dad's played by jo- by joel McHale, who's not necessarily mm-hmm. a regular in horror movies but he's there uh you mm-hmm. have horror movie royalty with Catherine isabel mm-hmm. uh Oh, are you gonna say Justin Long? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just because I'm mean, okay. He's been in some horror movies, admittedly. Actually, to be he's honest, been, like he's been popping up in a lot more than like <laughs> I think people are realizing it. Like, <laughs> he, oh, yeah, he, he was in something recently, of course. So I won't spoil it because it's kind of su- a surprise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and obviously, he did Jeepers Creepers back in the day. Honestly, the he bit- was also in um, Drag Me to Hell, and then oh, no one cares uh, about was- that. <laughs> lots of people like it uh, and then uh there was one that came out i forget the title but um it's one that came out last year or the year before uh it was more of an indie one but i actually thought it was pretty good and um he was actually in the the new goosebumps show that was just a little early which you know, obviously is mm. you know more ya horror or whatever but still like kind of horror adjacent so i don't know it kind of feels like he's making the horror rounds Honestly, though, the big thing for me with Justin Long in this movie is that mm-hmm. he's now at an age where he's playing the seedy mayor of a town. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to feel about that, Tim, because like, <laughs> I've always thought of Justin Long as being a young guy. He's always came across mm-hmm. as a young guy. And here he is with bad fake tan, really overly <laughs> overly fake teeth, doing the, the cheesy smiles and the bad commercials. And I'm like, this is weird because... Like, aren't you like 25 it's, still that's the, i don't understand it's it's a little strange but i i gotta admit uh his accent was doing it for me i i couldn't help but laugh every time he talked i think the accent plus the teeth actually really worked for me sure sure uh so yeah but you know I, the, the cast is uh perfectly it's perfectly fine castable that's not a word <laughs> castable that's a word <laughs> oh the ability to be cast <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard anyone say it tim i'm not convinced that is a word well you gotta go on more auditions <laughs> i don't want to be an actor maybe <laughs> no offense but maybe you haven't heard it before because you've never been cast before <laughs> <laughs> i'm not convinced the people who get cast hear the sentence you know what i think you're castable I don't think they hear that. <laughs> you know, someday they will make a movie based on this podcast, and I'll probably be played by one of the Hemsworths. I'm not sure who. <laughs> oh, the third I one. I think you'll be Obviously. like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Obviously. Paul Giamatti's a better actor than any of the Hemsworths. 
That wasn't. Yeah, but he's not as handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the insult you thought it was. That'd, <laughs> that'd be a good movie. Come on, who, who wouldn't want to watch that? <laughs> Paul Giamatti and Luke Hemsworth. Just uh... <laughs> yes, that's right. Luke, not Chris, not Liam. Luke. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take it. I'm sure he's probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> anyone would be. Yeah. Um, well, well, be well served to be even the the lesser Hemsworth, <laughs> the lesser Hemsworth. <laughs> <coughs> All right, maybe he just hasn't found his role yet. Yeah. You know? so, that's that's Tim. What did you think of It's a Wonderful Knife? <laughs> uh, so similar to you, I, I was coming in with like pretty low expectations. Like I, I wasn't dreading it or anything, but like you're saying, I. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be blown away, but I was like, yeah, like, I'm sure it'll just be, like, perfectly fine, uh, streamable movie. And, um, I I'm not gonna say I was, like, pleasantly surprised or anything, but I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I had a good time, like, definitely not amazing, but, um, you know, it, it, it kind of does what I was expecting. Like, uh, you know, it, it's fun. Uh, I like the, you know, characters, uh, for the most part, which... You know, it's probably the you know one of the more important parts of this kind of movie because you know um like a lot of these movies i feel like the horror kind of takes a backseat to you know like the premise and you know some of the characters and stuff which is fine like you know it doesn't need to be like super gore or anything but uh i would have you know wouldn't have minded maybe a, a few better kills or whatever but um i did find myself like you know caring about the story and you know what was happening and um i was never bored or anything so yeah i i, I think it's a pretty fun time yeah i i'm a bit colder on it i <laughs> i wasn't to begin with i thought the setup at the start was <laughs> was was relatively solid it was interesting its characters it was doing its premise and it was it was doing some heavy christmas vibes which is nice because it's a christmas horror movie but as <laughs> it went on I, I just i had more and more issues with what what the movie was doing and just how quickly some characters were just accepting absurd things um mm -hmm. the like either way i can't really talk about a lot of it until we get to spoilers but so much of the state of like the town in the world once reality has been changed is so inconsistent and confusing to me and there's things that come out of nowhere characters don't seem to be acting appropriately for the, mm -hmm. the the town's status that it's currently in and then again cannot talk about this at all until spoilers but there's something that's so out of left field in the last like 10 minutes that i don't i still don't understand so, that no, okay so, so that's good because i i had questions on that and i wasn't sure if i missed something <laughs> Or if they just like did not explain a very crucial. Uh, they didn't explain part of the movie. shit, Tim. They didn't explain okay. shit. Okay, I, 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 yeah, because I, I was like, you know, I was playing, uh, uh, yeah, paying pretty close attention to it, but like, I, I assumed in my head, like, oh, maybe I looked down at my phone for a second or something <laughs> and, and missed something, but. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I thought it just kind of. I think it did the, the simultaneous thing of not doing enough with its ideas and premise mm -hmm. i i feel like there's a really great movie that was buried underneath that they just like the writing just wasn't there to actually bring it out sure so it felt like it was going off the rails but at the same time not doing enough with its premise 
and then mm-hmm. the ending felt so anticlimactic to me and i, I don't even mean the, the the final very final bit i'm more talking like mm-hmm. the final kind of showdown with the killer shall we call it i just thought was i agree it's just kind yeah. of a like oh that's it like and i remember i, I literally mm-hmm. said it out loud that's it and it's a it's a relatively short movie like it's uh, 90 minutes like what it was yeah. like eight yeah like it, you know you could have had like five or ten more minutes <laughs> added to it like yeah it, it doesn't need to be super long but you know it could have added a little bit more i think it suffers from something mm-hmm. that i think uh a few of these movies do which is that like mm-hmm. you say the, the the horror movie elements take a back seat and i think some of the mm-hmm. better ones get away with that even though it's still true for them i think happy death day mm-hmm. Uh, and Final Girls as well, but Happy Death Day I do think is the best of these movies. And I, I think the reason I agree, why yeah. it works is because it's not so much that the horror stuff is better per se, it just does such a good job of everything else where you really care mm-hmm. about the character's story and arc and like what she's going through and the, the problem solving of trying to fix it that, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's not working as a great horror movie per se, but it's a really good movie still. Whereas... Sure. Well, I think with this and some of the other ones, I find myself missing the better horror movie elements because I don't think it's doing enough mm-hmm. with the, the with its premise, with with its kind of more, like, you know, I, I, again, I, I need to wait for spoilers before I can really mm-hmm. properly critique what I want sure. to critique here because it's it's all stuff like with where it's building to, where mm-hmm. it's going, and and whatnot. But it, it yeah. I- I, I will say, and maybe this is something you'll disagree with, but I, I did like the main character. I thought, yeah, uh, you know, she did a good job of, you know, keeping me interested and in, you know throughout and mm. kind of seeing what was going to happen. I, I do agree with what you're saying. Like when they do the, um, whatever alternate reality or or whatever, you know, where she doesn't exist. Uh, there, that's <laughs> there are like definitely a lot of like leaps in logic and stuff where it's like okay well if this is happening shouldn't this be happening or, or whatever and i don't know yeah probably could have done a better way uh of smoothing those out or maybe if some of the other elements like the horror stuff or whatever was uh, a little bit better you wouldn't have minded it so much yeah it, it's it's shocking to me how similar in quality i think this is to totally killer you know and sure <laughs> but by the time i got to the end i'm like damn i feel so similar about both these movies and the, the, when it started <laughs> off they were, were they were better but then as it went on like it kind of felt like it, it wasn't doing enough to really kind of evolve its premise and I, 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 very premise heavy movies yeah very premise heavy movies but i also feel like there's this almost and maybe this was worse than totally killed than it is here but i, I do feel like sometimes mm-hmm. in these type of strips that need more drafts is it almost feels like oh we're kind of also a comedy so it's okay if we don't sure. like, develop certain things further we'll just play it off as a joke and at a certain point i'm like i kind of want you to take this a little bit more seriously just I'm not, I'm not i'm not saying be Absolutely. like a, yeah. i don't want you to be schindler's list okay i'm not expecting right. that right. level of gravitas but i just mm. you know like what's it, uh, and, was, again okay. to, to your there you go there you go there you go oh no just to your point yeah i do think uh, again going back to happy death day that did have a a much better balance between mm-hmm. all right yeah there was comedic bits but you care you're caring about the character and the stories and then um yeah there was still good like hormone elements like that definitely did the best job of like you know mixing everything together and kind of feels like all these movies are kind of 
like using that like movie as its model or example but they aren't really you know taking the lessons that they need from it they're just like oh, okay this movie was funny so we'll just make sure like you know make mm-hmm. ours funny too and then it's like well no there's you know <laughs> there's more to it than that yeah i was going to just offer another example uh, it's a very different premise you know not, nothing not one of these types <laughs> of movies just something like um elm street 3 dream warriors right obviously there's mm-hmm. comedic parts because freddy cracks some funny lines and it's got kind of a fantastical premise it's about this guy who comes and kills you in your dreams you've got all these characters and in that movie in particular that franchise it's like oh one of them's got psychic abilities that can link them all together in their dreams and it's like okay this is kind of wacky stuff but it always takes it relatively seriously in the sense that oh we have to do this to to survive and the stakes feel real in this movie and and totally killer and some of these other examples it kind of feels like oh like we need to have a plot so there's the plot but it's really just a vehicle for us to make the jokes we want to make as opposed to actually anything else and mm-hmm. i i think that feels quite hollow to me and that's how i felt by the end I'm of sure. this is that it felt a bit hollow i think there's some nice ideas in there that i will say i like when we talk about spoilers mm-hmm. uh, i will say though as well that there's a scene about two-thirds in which is effectively the exposition scene the explanation of what's going on except there's no reason why anyone should know and the explanation is just pulled out of someone's <laughs> ass and i'm like yeah how how do you know this you're making a lot of leaps and mm-hmm. logic and assumptions here and they take it as if okay that's fact then i guess we got to do this to to fix everything like, no yeah. you got this from nowhere <laughs> yeah that was pretty unnecessary um i mean i, I don't necessarily like it that much like when they kind of reference the movie that they're you know watching or whatever but in this case like since they didn't really have like a good explanation for why it's happening like maybe they should have just had a character be like oh this is just like you know (laughs) it's a wonderful life like you know just so we can be like okay we know what the what's going on or, or whatever because yeah the explanation it i i feel the same way it's like kind of comes out of nowhere and you're just like what <laughs> like all right yeah it's just it's just stupid uh so yeah so it's it's uh it's a frustrating thing plus you know i think at this point i think collectively a lot of us are really sick of mm-hmm. horror being self-referential and meta like so, oh, sure, sure. so many of them are doing it now that it's like i just kind of want a horror movie to take itself seriously please <laughs> can we just do that yeah yeah it's i kind of feel like uh it's been like one or the other where yeah it doesn't take itself seriously enough or it's just like deadly serious like yeah where there's like a lot of movies lately that have been had like um uh like like for example um and i'll I'll mention because i I don't think we're going to do it on the show uh but i I watched this one on hulu called uh, the appendage which was um about uh this like fashion uh designer who starts growing like a little like appendage thing on uh i forget exactly where it was if it was like her back or or her arm or something um but like it morphs into like this little like kind of goblin thing that's like you suck like you know like screw you like but like you know it's like making all these insults at her and it's like very goofy but like the movie is like weirdly playing it off as like really serious and it just felt like very strange to me like mm. uh 
I don't know. Like it, like it looks like so weird and silly, but you know, and, and like, kind of like your point you're saying with nightmare and stuff, like, yes, like there is something to, you know, having the characters take it seriously and everything, but it doesn't mean that like the movie necessarily has to take it seriously or treat it with this like gravitas or whatever. Like, there's uh, a middle ground. Clash of tones. <laughs> there's a middle ground between meta self-referential, everything's tongue-in-cheek, and oppressive, like oppressively dark and serious. Mm-hmm. There's there's yeah. a happy middle ground in there where something can feel kind of fun, but everything's been taken seriously enough that everything matters and everything feels like we're we're having to try and save their. Li- you know, because in Nightmare you care about them surviving. You care, you know, even or even the first Nightmare Elm Street. You. you you care about Nancy beating Freddy. You want to see, but the, mm. the the premise itself is kind of just a fun premise. But the characters treat it like yeah. it's something to actually care about. Um, whereas mm. here, I just I kind of feel that streaming fodder kind of disposability to a lot of things. Where there's some mm. characteristics of her family members that feel really weird, and this is it even when she's in the alternate reality. Even before that, there's something kind of off about some of it <laughs> that felt strange. To me in a way that i yeah I go. yeah i mean i i weirdly did not like joel McHale in this like i he, he i don't know it felt like he really wasn't doing anything for me or, or for the character and mm. obviously like we're both really big fans of community so um like you know he's done a lot of stuff outside of that and you know to varying degrees but like he has so much goodwill you know from me because of that show and he just seemed like such a dud in this movie i'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, I think he's just... He's just a paycheck. He's just there. He, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, I, I don't know if he's going to be the highest paid actor in this. He probably is. Mm. I feel like he's the biggest yeah. name in it. I mean, I don't, I don't want to typecast anyone, but, like, you know, if you're not having to be, like, you know, smarmy, <laughs> like, kind of an asshole that you love, like, I just feel like you're not really using him that well, you know? Yeah, because of the alternate reality, there's two different versions of him, and neither of them feel like Joel McHale. <laughs> they both feel yeah. like very different characters to what he normally plays. Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> what um, are you going to do? <laughs> is there anything else I would like to... Okay, so to be positive for a second, I do think there's a mm-hmm. core friendship that the movie tries to do that I do think is kind of sweet. And I think... Yeah. In a better script, I could see it working even better than it actually does in the movie. Mm-hmm. But... I, I do think it's a I could see what they were doing with it and I think it was it was nice so that's fair yeah I enjoyed that yeah yeah um I I like that the killer has a look you know the, the all white white mask with a white hood and the white cloak so what's kind of interesting is I I knew going in that the premise was oh it's a wonderful life but with a slasher so like I I knew like those were the things that they were combining but. I didn't really understand how that worked necessarily because, uh, you know, it's easy to under, you know, um, like some of the other movies like, oh, like I can see what they're going to do if they insert a slasher here. But like mm-hmm. with this, it's like it's kind of weird. Uh, it's like, all right, well, all right, what do you do with a slasher in that premise? And um, what they ended up doing with it uh, actually thought was quite good. Like I liked uh, that premise a lot. Um, but again, they you know, they, they don't really, the idea is very good, but they don't really go that far with it that where you like, they don't really explore it enough. Uh, cause yeah. Like when she, 
you know, goes to whatever you call it, the alternate timeline or, or whatever where she's not born, it, it feels like the killer is like, you know, very much a backseat and it's much more about... He's an afterthought, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, it, it's like, okay, I gotta figure out how to get back and how to you know it, warn it, people and stuff but we're not seeing the killer that much yeah it, apparently he's been very busy <laughs> there's a couple of like random kill scenes where they just kind of but they feel just so kind of tacked in just because oh we have to have a killer around now it's not like yeah. you know she's ended up with a group of characters that were all introduced and then they start getting picked off as she's trying to protect them or something like that which i guess mm-hmm. is a little totally killer in terms of how i'm describing it out loud like that but yeah but even totally killer i thought could have been much better than it was like see if totally killer was there you they're going to huddle down at the because there's that one point in that movie where they go to like someone's like like house in the woods right it's like a, mm-hmm. a, a you know a getaway house and they're like, oh let's just go hang out there and i think my hope when i was watching that is that okay they're not taking it seriously like she is but then someone's going to die and it's going to turn into a oh shit we're out here in the woods there's a killer somewhere outside or, or maybe in here with us and now they're all going to take a treat. And I thought it was going to turn into more of a horror movie. Instead, like, all of it kind of played out really quickly. And, you know, we didn't really get that. Very, very, you know, within a death, they were basically back in town with other people again. And the movie then played out <laughs> however. And I almost feel like what, what I would hope for here is that because she has knowledge the killer doesn't know about and no one knows who she is, that she finds that she has an advantage Partly because she knows who the killer is. Like, she unmasked the killer mm. before the reality change. But ju- just in the sense that, it, like, sh- she's trying to protect everyone who's left because she still cares about some of these people, potentially. But it really doesn't do anything like that where she is trying to protect anyone. It's all just about trying to get mm-hmm. home to the right reality rather than helping anyone who's here. And that never mm-hmm. really comes that into it either, even by the end, I don't think. Not really. No, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess it kind of does slightly right at the very, very end, but not, mm. not in a huge way. I don't know. I, it's just it's this thing where I feel like they're just kind of passively going through the premise, and ha- there's so much of this movie that's her trying to talk to her parents who don't know who she is, or trying to talk to a friend who doesn't know who she is, and mm. I get that that's something that had to happen when she first went over to the alternate reality, but. I feel like we spend so much time doing that right up until, like, the last 30 minutes. Like, we spend so much of the middle mm. of the movie doing stuff like that. And like you said, the killer's just taking this back seat. Like, you'll occasionally cut to the killer killing someone, but it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't affect the plot in any way. It Like, <laughs> I don't even think the main character finds out about some of these other deaths. Like, at one point, someone oh, gets yeah. killed at a party, <laughs> and I don't think the main character ever even becomes aware <laughs> that it happened, because it doesn't matter to her. It doesn't affect anything. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so why should we give a shit either? And I also don't really quite know what the motivation of the, the killer is. Like, I, I, <laughs> I think I understood it at the beginning of the movie when it was just a few people. But then, yeah, by the, you know, second half or whatever, it just seems like he's just killing whoever. Yeah, there's kind of a convoluted explanation, but I didn't really make much sense mm-hmm. to me either. So yeah. it's a whole, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. All right, I think we're, um, we're dancing around spoilies. We should probably just give the warning. Unless there's something, <laughs> was there something you'd like to say before we go into spoilers, Tim? Um, no, you did make me think of one uh, joke that I actually thought was pretty funny, but we, we'll just talk about it when we get there. <laughs> okay. 
Well, in that case, spoilers for It's a Wonderful Knife, you have been warned. So, the movie, actually, there's a, there's a joke right at the start of the movie that made me hopeful that I was going to like this a lot, because mm-hmm. it made me laugh in the first, like, minute. And I was not expecting that. The movie opens with Justin Long, he's like the mayor, and he's got, like, a campaign video to get re-elected or something like that. And it's, like, him doing all these, like, and he's got the big fake white teeth, and he's, like, smiling mm-hmm. really unnaturally. And he's like, yes, you know, this is Angel Falls, and I'm the mayor, and we are proud people. And at the mm-hmm. end of the video, he goes, and I'm the best, so F the rest, and it's bleeped. <laughs> and that legitimately made me laugh, because I didn't see it yeah. coming. And I thought, oh, maybe this movie's going to be funny. <laughs> and then I didn't really laugh at much I... else after that, to be honest. But <laughs> that got me. I had a few chuckles here and there. Like, it, it's the, to me, it, it's the kind of funny where, like, I don't know. I'm not talking about this opening part, but just the movie in general where mm. I don't know, it feels like they think that what they're doing, like you can tell that the script probably thinks a lot of what they're doing is very funny. And I'm not saying that it's like cringy or unfunny or anything, but it's just, it's not a lot of stuff that will make you laugh out loud. Like it's just a lot of like, okay. Huh. Uh, like there was a few minutes for a few moments here and there where, where I chuckled, but overall yeah. it's not. I actually did think know, of it another laugh fest. <laughs> yeah. There was another joke I did laugh at actually. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, oh, we'll get to it, but uh, yeah, there yeah. was one other one. But in in general, though, I actually thought uh, I actually like Justin Long quite a bit in this. Like, I, I mean, I mentioned it before, but the just the character he's doing with like, and maybe that's one of the reasons why I like it is because he's very much doing a character where like a lot of uh, you know, other people are just kind of boring in in my opinion. Uh, but the but yeah, like the you know the the voice he's doing like. It's it's almost it's it's weird because I'm guessing this is like either Midwest or Northwest or something, but he has like it feels like a very like Southern gentleman kind of accent, but like uh, you know like that like with the 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 teeth and everything, it really worked with, uh, for me. And I was hoping to see more of him in the movie, but he's uh, unfortunately well, not in it that much. That was that was the really weird thing, right? So one of the big complaints, I guess we're skipping ahead a little bit here. But mm-hmm. in the opening of the movie, he turns out to be the killer, right? Uh, mm. Like, you know, the slasher villain kills uh, an old man who owns, like, some of the buildings, and he- he's what he'd build a new... He's what he'd build Wayne Tower, effectively. He's a big big building with a W <laughs> on it. And mm-hmm. he he needs to get rid of this this old man who's important in the town because he needs his land to, to build his thing. And the killer kills him first and then starts killing some teenagers at the Christmas party. Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then comes after the main character, and the main character, uh, what's her name, Winnie, she defends herself and attaches, like, a car battery to him, and that electrocutes him. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And I knew this was the premise going in, is that she stopped the killer, right? And then later on, mm-hmm. she was going to, like, wish it undone or whatever. So she takes off the mask. Um, and just while, oh. while we're there, I will just say, uh, just a comment. Um, I, I actually did like his costume quite a bit, too. Like, it looked, it was, like, this all-white angel. Uh, yeah, which, yeah. You know, I, I think works for the you know, the premise, and uh, I thought it actually looked pretty cool. I just appreciate it because it was, like, a distinct look. Admittedly, it's not, like, the best for stealth. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, I, if it's, uh, I mean, you can really only attack during Christmas time when it's very snowy and stuff, so mm. it, it works then, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that as he was running around in the dark, he was, like, you know, hiding behind trees and shit, and I'm like, <laughs> you are wearing a bright white outfit. I mean, it feels like people are going to see you coming, but... Yeah. Um, th- th- what, that's kind of one thing, too, uh, that they don't really, like, 
state it, but that, that's also something I thought that was funny would be like, he's so evil and malicious that like, I, I, I didn't think the killer was going to be him because it's like, oh, well, that's way too obvious. <laughs> but uh, I like that he clearly like, you know, didn't care about like hiding it or not seeming <laughs> too obvious. Yeah, he even makes like a veiled threat at one point early on where he's like, oh, you be safe now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> but so yeah. like, and also just to mention the the kill in the old man, right? Because he, he he kills mm. this old man, and I liked his entrance to this scene because there's a snowman at the front door, right? So the old man opens the front oh, door, right, right, yeah. and there's a snowman, and then the killer sort of like jumps through the snowman snowman at him, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's an interesting visual. However, I do have to critique the kill itself because mm. he slits the old man's throat. That sounds fine. You see it in the shot; they show the slitting. Also fine, right? I'm here for it. Mm. However, they clearly did this with having the actor just sort of like slice through nothing or maybe just drag it mm. over his neck and then they've CG'd mm. in like the wound appearing like around the knife and it looks mm. really bad. It's got that disconnect where, you know, whenever you're watching a movie where someone like touches like a CG creature and you can tell they're not actually mm. touching anything, it's got that. The, the, sure. the motion of the knife slicing is just... Like it's clearly just slicing thin air, yeah. and it, but there's you know there's a wound <laughs> opening and blood coming out, so it has a real uncanny valley kind of quality to it, which took me. It should have been a fun thing, but instead I was like, ah, oh, no, yeah. I just think it looks bad. So, oh. yeah, um, I I don't I don't think it stood out to me as much, but I, I don't remember it being that good. Maybe if I go back and watch again maybe i'll be like oh yeah that does look pretty bad yeah it's just, this is the sort of thing where once upon a time it'd be a prosthetic mm-hmm. and they'd have like a fake wound on the neck and the, the point being is that the blade you know even if the blade is not technically real it would be going through something physical so that mm-hmm. it would look better than than what this did <sighs> yeah it, and it's a shame because yeah it's just happened so much in uh you know especially like a lot of you know more low budget like straight to streaming kind of stuff like yeah. i hate it but i do just kind of live in the the fact like all right yeah it's probably gonna be cgi blood or whatever <laughs> we're in the, the 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 bad timeline but hey I, <laughs> yeah but anyway so so he tries to kill like a bunch of teenagers main character when he uh, kills him instead takes off his mask and we see who he is <laughs> and what really bugged me is that so I, I will go back and talk about the other stuff and all the things that sets up for the characters but when she mm-hmm. makes her wish and she ends up in the alternate timeline and she finds out that in the year, because, you know, it skips a year ahead, in the year mm-hmm. since these killings, and because she wasn't here, she didn't stop the killer, the killer's been killing someone, like, every couple of weeks, basically, right? So mm-hmm. this town is in, like, absolute turmoil because there's been, like, 25 <laughs> victims at this point. And yes. I couldn't believe how little we see a Justin Long after this point in the movie. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah. There's a scene early on when she's in the alternate reality where Justin Long comes up to her and says, oh, who, you know, oh, I'm so sorry this happened to you, you know, but I want you to know you've got a friend because I'm the mayor and I'm friends with outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> and she's acting really tense because she knows he's the killer and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, I can see what they're doing. We're, we're going to do a slasher movie where the main character knows who the killer is the whole time. And that's maybe an mm-hmm. interesting twist on the formula. Okay. But then she doesn't give a shit about him for like most of the movie. It's it's very strange because all right, she keeps saying like we have to stop him and blah blah, blah and it's like okay, well it should be pretty easy. 
like you know who he is you know like where he lives like just yeah <laughs> get whatever weapons you need and just like do it <laughs> and don't get me wrong like i immediately mm -hmm. had the thought look reality's changed there's an obvious mm -hmm. twist here where the killer's not the same person anymore and mm -hmm. that does kind of happen later where you know we have a new killer but it obviously mm -hmm. he's still the original killer so he's still important to the whole thing but it was just, it was yeah. so wild to me that we weren't spending this movie with her trying to get to him like that felt like it's such an obvious <laughs> thing that part of it should have been and it just never well, really happened until the very very end yeah and that could have been really fun too if like every time you know because that's what they kind of do in like that that first scene where she's about to say who it is and then he comes out of nowhere like if you have something like that where every time she's about to say you know something to someone like he kind of pops up or you know is somewhere close by or, or whatever like there's a lot of fun stuff you can play with that yeah for sure yeah it's just nothing <laughs> so to go back to before the wish though let's talk about all the other stuff it introduces because there's some mm -hmm. important stuff here so and and i do this uh yeah and while we get into it i will just say i actually thought this stuff was really interesting like this is another thing that i feel like you know uh you could almost do like a whole movie about this because I, I i can't think of many other horror movies that you know start off with someone killing the killer and then like you know seeing the ramifications of that like i actually thought like this stuff was really interesting seeing how like people deal with it and how it affects their life and everything like uh, i don't know the stuff i thought was interesting i think one of the weird failings of the movie is that i do think the first reality is more interesting than the alternate one that she goes to sure <laughs> oh yeah i, I agree yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a problem uh so but yeah so we have winnie and she has a brother uh i, I don't know his name but <laughs> she, oh there you go that sounds right She's got a brother uh, who we know is gay. And I thought this was a good little bit of character building where, mm -hmm. um, like, the mother's all proud because she's given him, like, a little rainbow, like, Christmas tree mm -hmm. ornament. And she's like, see, I, I bought a gay thing for my gay son. Aren't I a great yeah. woke mother kind of thing? <laughs> and he sort of, he's nice about it and says, oh, thanks, mom. Mm -hmm. And then Winnie comes up behind him and goes, you're going to have to put that in every tree you ever put up yeah. until she dies. And I thought, oh, that's a good little bit of character building. They're bonded over the, the cringiness of their mother, but she was meaning well, so it's yeah. all very sweet. Like, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, this is mm -hmm. solid character building. And we're introduced to mm -hmm. Catherine Isabel, who's the aunt. That's the mother's sister. And she's got her girlfriend with her. And it's inter interesting that she's quite friendly with her niece and they get on well. And okay, so this is all, you know, character building and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Fine. Uh, the other big things is we get, we get to meet a few of her friends. She has a best friend who, shockingly, mm -hmm. like, because she dies here in this part of the timeline, she's actually just gone for the rest of the movie. I thought she was going to be alive in the alternate timeline because I thought maybe, and this is something the movie doesn't even try to do, I don't think, is that reality changed even before the killer tried to kill anyone because her not existing meant that, you know, mm -hmm. certain other things wouldn't have happened. Because I was thinking, oh, maybe her best friend's still going to be alive in this reality because maybe because she didn't exist, she didn't go to that party with her. So maybe she stayed right, home yeah. and didn't. Exactly. But it feels like everything that changed only changed from the previous year where the killing killing started. It doesn't feel like her existence oh, affected yeah. anything before that day, which is weird. You know, you think there'd be a few knock-on effects, mm -hmm. but... No, I, I agree. It feels like the a lot of the stuff that maybe there's that they're setting up that you think is going to be more important is stuff that's just kind of forgotten or they just kind of mention it you know once once they get to the new reality but it's just like okay then that's done with yeah it's like 
Because I, I thought they were going to do something because she kept taking it for granted that everything else she knew was accurate. And I, I, I kept mm-hmm. thinking, oh, there's, there's going to be something where she's wrong because this reality is different and because things have changed. You know, because she didn't mm-hmm. exist as a 10-year-old here, she didn't, you know, cause someone else to not do something that, you know, knock on, knock on, right, and so on. Yeah. But it never happened. There was never a single moment mm-hmm. where one of her assumptions based on her reality was wrong, except for after mm-hmm. the, the killing night. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. uh, quick question. So, in It's a Wonderful Life, is it, is it the same thing where, like, once he, you know, wishes he was never born, that he's in a new reality, but he can still, like, interact with it and stuff? Because I, I was always under the assumption that, like, the movie was about the angel showing him what the reality would be like, but he would not be, like, able to interact. Like, almost like he's, like, a ghost watching, you know, what that reality is like. That's what I thought, but... I don't know if I'm wrong. Uh, I think you're close to... I mean, it's been a while since I watched it. I I don't remember him interacting a ton, but I also don't think it's, like, Scrooge to where he can't even, like... I think he gets to talk to people still and learn about them mm-hmm. by talking to them directly, but I, I don't think he, like... Okay. Like, like, it's been a while. I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what I was under the assumption it was going to be about because if you wish that i was never born then like you wouldn't exist yeah yeah like so i think it'd be more like you're a passive viewer of what's going on versus this oh no i'm I'm here now but there's no record of me (laughs) this plays out more like martin mcfly coming to the alternate 1985 that's what that's actually it's funny you mentioned that yeah because this did give me more back to the future like two vibes (laughs) than it did uh, I mean, admittedly, I haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, but like it, it felt more like that than. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I, yeah, the other big thing they introduced at the start of the movie is that there's a weirdo character, and I'm using that word because that's what all the kids call her. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I was very conflicted about what age these kids were meant to be because I think there, I think there might oh, be. I said the same thing. Yeah, because I think there might be towards the end of high school. But at the same mm-hmm. time, everyone's just kind of, like, drinking booze at this party. So I'm like, is this a school? It doesn't feel like they'd be in a school. They're just walking about with bottles of vodka and shit. Yeah, the the only thing that made me think it was high school would, would be because some of the people wearing, like, Letterman jackets, which I think, you know, to me that always screams more of a high school thing than a college thing. But the the way they're acting, it, it does seem more college-ish. Than, well, even bigger like than that, uh, the main character is applying for college the year after. Which would imply this is high school years at the start. Okay, yeah. but even if oh, it, that, that's right, yeah, because yeah. she wanted to be a photographer, going to photography or something. But even if it's the end of high school, though, like the way they bully this girl that they call weirdo because she's just kind of quiet mm-hmm. and different is like this is like a eight year old's bullying tactic. But they're just throwing shit at her <laughs> and saying, "Don't talk to weirdo. Weirdo's weird." Uh, yeah, <laughs> so. She ends up in the second main character, actually, but in the first part of the movie, you just sort of, you know, the main character waves at her to say hello because she mm. happened to catch her eye, and then her other friend jumps in and says, nah, don't mm. talk to her. She's weird. You'll get cooties or something to that effect. <laughs> so, it, it does feel very much like that, like, old school kind of bullying versus, you know, like, I, I feel like a lot, um, you know, newer movies will have the the kind of bullying that I feel like goes on more now where, you know, it's more like online stuff or, you know, people criticizing you for, you know, maybe not being like, 
like uh almost using like modern like cliche stuff like you know like oh like almost caring like too much like where like i don't know in a in a weird bullying way uh if that makes sense but versus like you're saying where it's yeah uh just more like straight up like an 80s bully where they're just like yeah like you you freaking throwing stuff and pushing them around yeah, I, I wish I wish the movie felt more like an '80s movie in like every other way except that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that, that's the important things it sets up. One of the big things I wanted to talk about though is that so she survives this night. Her best friend's been murdered, and we skip a year later and we see that now her dad, because we didn't even mention this, but her dad worked for the killer. He worked for the mayor. He was like. And he was always working in like Christmas Eve and stuff, which mm-hmm. actually sounds a little Scrooge-like. Actually, is that he was making making yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the dad work on Christmas Eve, but he's now running the real estate in town, and he's like making a video with his son who now works with him, mm-hmm. and that's a whole thing. And the big thing here is that our main character Winnie is very depressed. She's still not over the fact that her her sister or her best friend was killed. And everyone else is trying to just be happy and enjoy Christmas, but she is just miserable. And the scene that kind of sets her off, um, to begin with at least, is that they... So her parents, like, it's Christmas Eve, and her parents give her a present. They all open one present on Christmas Eve. And she opens the present, and it's like a pink sort of, like, workout suit. Not quite a track suit, but like a, a workout suit. Uh, which is actually, this led to the line that actually did make me laugh uh, that I was thinking of earlier, which is, mm-hmm. you gave me a lesbian tracksuit. And then Catherine Isabel, her aunt, who is a lesbian, said, whoa, 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 we would never wear that. And I thought yeah, that was quite funny. Um, that's funny, yeah. But, yeah, she, she gets this thing, and they try and, ex- and Catherine Isabel says, hey, hey, like, that's not cool, guys. You, you never give a woman a present that implies she needs to lose weight, right? That's just, that's something you do. They like they say like like nothing to like nothing ever to do with their body or yes. like something along those lines, <laughs> right? And like they're being, it's like okay, fine. They don't get that. That doesn't mean that it was malicious. But then right, like right. a minute later, you hear like some noise, and she's like, "What's that?" And Catherine Isabel's like, "They got your brother a truck." And she goes outside, and there's a giant <laughs> truck with a big red bow on it. And she's like, are you kidding me? You bought him a truck? And this is where I feel like something is weird in the writing of the characters, because I get that they're trying to do this thing where the parents are trying, like, they don't know how to talk to her about her trauma, but the way they ignore her pain here and just kind of, like, not give a shit about her is so... just like it just comes across as so evil right the fact that the brother immediately sees her and goes oh no it's for both of us you can drive anything like mm-hmm. the brother clearly gets how this is going to make her feel yeah. the brother's trying to help and the parents yeah. are like no 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 we got him this because he needs a truck and we got you something you need which going with the previous conversation does not sound very good uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just like and the way she storms off clearly upset and then the dad just turns joel McHale just turns to his son and starts describing the engine and like how much <laughs> how many gallons it can do and, or, or take or whatever yeah. and i'm like you're coming across so dismissive mm. of your daughter right now uh mm. I, I just i thought the writing but, was weird there it felt too like far gone well, the, the thing is, it might have not been that bad if we've had more setup or, or something with them, but the mm. characters feel like such blank slates. 
Like, yes. Even like, you know when you're talking with Joel McHale, like I, you you mentioned that he was he was working with Justin Long, but I never understood like, okay, does he hate working with them? Like, is he mad that he that he has to work all the time, or does he actually think he's a good boss? Because I would assume that he was thought he would he was kind of a doofus and he hates that he has to to work all the time. But then with the alternate reality, he's like in love with them, um, which you know I, I don't see why you know that would have changed or, or whatever but uh i don't know like yeah i just never really felt like you know that i got much of an understanding on the, the with these characters like all right are they clueless are they cold are i mean they, we never get a reaction yeah. from him that his boss killed his son or tried to kill his son <laughs> right we never we never get yeah. that reaction that this killer mm-hmm. who almost killed both of his children was the guy he mm-hmm. worked for because we skip ahead mm-hmm. that year we never get him reacting to that like it still yeah. feels like they should all still be processing this, and it's weird that they're all okay to just celebrate Christmas as normal. Like this was a very traumatic yeah. thing that they've all went through. But it's only it's only Winnie. She's the only one who who apparently yeah. still feeling the effects of it. <clears throat> but I think one of the most interesting uh, interactions she has is with the um, uh, Justin Long's brother, who's like the sheriff. Uh, like you know when he's talking to him, and, you know he's like, "You killed my brother." Like. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say more. <laughs> yes. No, I just, I mean, I, I was just pointing out that, like, I I think that was something that was a little more interesting than, like, and, you know, rightfully would, you know, kind of set her off, you know, versus, like, yeah, stuff mm. that her, her parents didn't feel as impactful or whatever. Yeah, and then she goes to a party and catches her boyfriend cheating on her with one of her friends, and apparently this has been happening for basically the whole year, ever since the, the whole like best friend being killed thing happened mm-hmm. and they're basically like look we've been doing this for a while because you've been so and you've been so out of it you've not even noticed like it's a, kind of a relief to be honest <laughs> so this obviously sets her Almost off like that weirdly makes it better i know <laughs> like, it's still very shitty <laughs> and then she runs into the weirdo girl again who's called uh mm-hmm. bernie for the record and mm-hmm. this is where she goes out to like a like, like the, the, the the docks at the water and she looks up and she sees the northern lights and she makes a wish that she was never born. Now, I, I will say, I'm happy that this was obviously a wish she didn't think was going to... You know, she she, she was just speaking to herself. She didn't... She didn't. It's right, not like yeah. some magical being showed up and offered her a wish. Because had she known that there's a chance it might happen, given she stopped a serial killer, that's a pretty big <laughs> thing to know that you're not going to be there to do, right? For the right. sake of everyone else. So yeah. I do appreciate she didn't actually, you know, say it as if it's something she expected to happen. <laughs> but it did. So she's in this alternate <laughs> world. And the world's, this town is so messed up because all these murders that the party that was there before is now like all the kids are all doing like crystal meth. <laughs> like like yeah. all of them are just complete utter addicts. <laughs> Um, and this was actually one of my problems with the movie is how inconsistent the town is in this alternate reality like mm-hmm. on the one hand it's like okay everyone's like depressed and it's like a ghost town because of all these murders so like the parties all these kids on crystal meth but at the same time it still felt like people were going out and like just not even caring <laughs> that there's a murderer who's killing people this consistently um, right. and people are just going to house parties and not caring that there's a killer on the loose I don't know it was, it was weird well, that, that's one of the funny things, like, I, I was thinking of is when he mentions that, like, oh, yeah, the killer's been doing this every couple of weeks or whatever. There's been, like, 
26 or 27 deaths uh, since then. I'm like, okay, so, like, wouldn't, like, the FBI or something <laughs> be involved, like, at this point? Like, <laughs> You would think so, yeah. You'd think an entire task force would uh, like, come into it. I, you know, I would yeah. say that all this is in her head, right, in this, like, moment <laughs> where she's contemplating suicide or whatever, and she she imagines all this, and then she's learned some lessons by doing her soul-searching Except there's one thing at the end that makes that impossible. We'll get to that later because I've got problems right, with right, that. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So she tries to go home, obviously. Uh, no one knows who she is and they tell her to get lost. But we see that her mum's mm-hmm. now a drunk. Uh, her dad's this angry man now because it turns out mm-hmm. that her brother was killed. Because she wasn't there to save mm-hmm. him, their only child, Jamie, was murdered. So they're miserable about this now. And obviously the mayor's mm-hmm. still around and whatnot. Not that, we, not that we really see him that much. Mm-hmm. After that one scene of him coming up and talking to her, uh, he's then just kind of mm-hmm. gone for like almost mm-hmm. all the movie. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I did think it was kind of funny that the mom is like, yeah, she's constantly drunk, but then she also just has like a boy toy <laughs> that she's just <laughs> sleeping with. Like, very much out in the open. Yeah, she's like, Joel McHale doesn't care, apparently, that she's got a bit in the no. side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest things that really arced me, uh, or one of the first things that really arced me, is that so the movie plays out where she goes and like ends up befriending the weirdo girl and mm-hmm. tries to convince her that she's from an alternate reality and, and stuff, which she kind of does along the way. I don't even remember how she does mm-hmm. it, to be honest, now I'm thinking about it. But, uh, I don't know, knows enough about the... Yeah, there's a whole thing where she goes back to her house and she's saying she knows who the killer is. She says it's the mayor. And then the weirdo girl gets a little bit, well, I don't know. And she starts to get scared, like, maybe maybe Winnie's the killer, right? She doesn't know. But then the killer yeah. conveniently jumps through the window to try and get to them, which is, by the way, very <laughs> random. Especially since it's not like he even really chases them afterwards, I don't think. Like, it, it very quickly gets wrapped up. It, it was basically just to prove to 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 Bernie, the weirdo girl, that <laughs> when he's not the killer. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, like... Okay, so... Uh, like, when she first gets to that, that world or whatever, and, you know, she's talking to the sheriff, and, and she's like, oh, I, I know who the killer is, and, and then, Justin Long appears out of nowhere. Huh. The sheriff is the mayor's brother. The mayor's brother, who was just a guy with an OnlyFans yeah. in the original reality, right. <laughs> has become the sheriff because the killer killed the sheriff sometime soon after Christmas. Yeah, so I, I guess that's kind of your explanation as to, okay, why have the police not stopped this guy? Like, you can say, like, all right, well, he's either very, in, you know, incompetent or, you know, since he's related, maybe he he's even if it's subconsciously or something, turning a, a blind eye or, mm. or whatever. But, um, I mean, either way, though, like, you know, you think more people would get involved, but whatever. Um, but so what I figured is, okay, like, because, you know, he's like, oh, uh, you know, she says she knows who the killer is. And just as long as like, oh, you do, then you should tell us. And like, you can tell that he's, like, kind of eyeing her up and stuff. So I assume that a lot of what would be happening then is like he would be chasing her down and then that's what i kind of thought that the scene might be but then like you said you know he doesn't really chase them it's kind of just more like i'm popping up just to remind you you know that i'm here or whatever yeah, it doesn't feel yes. persistent it doesn't feel like they're on the run it feels like after this they just go and hang out somewhere and then yeah. you know they bond 
and they have this whole thing where they're because she because the, the weirdo girl works at the old movie theater they go there and they watch an old movie together and they end up holding hands and it's clear that weirdo girl's kind of falling for her and it's like okay i see what the heart of this movie is going to be is that this this reality is going to come to an end however we solve it and our main character is going to go back to our world and she's going to go and find this weirdo girl and strike up a friendship knowing that she cares about her from this reality that's your heart mm. i get it but there's some wrinkles along the way which we'll get to that make it mm. a bit more confusing than that but while she's a, while she's asleep she wakes up and weirdo girl and i'm calling her that because they keep calling her weirdo so it's easier to remember than her name yeah mm-hmm. but she's basically done some research and this is where we get the exposition this is where i get my first huge like gaping red flag not that a flag can gape. Gaping just sounds bad. And I want it to sound bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she's done this research that, you know, it's weird. Like, we're not really supposed, we're not close enough to the Arctic to get the Northern Lights, but it's happened mm-hmm. here before, and it always seems to correspond to a violent death. <laughs> so, you, if you violently killed the killer, that's what caused the Northern Lights. So, my theory <laughs> is that the Northern Lights are magical and they gave you this mm. wish. And now the Northern Lights are starting to fade and when they're completely gone, you'll be stuck here forever. But if you violently kill the killer again, you can wish to go mm. back. She says this and they basically just take this as fact from this point in the movie. <laughs> and all I could think was, you're making huge leaps and assumptions how could you possibly deduce that from this (laughs) particularly the part about how i mean okay the murders or violent deaths cause northern lights to happen here that's weird (laughs) but at least i can accept oh it's happened like 50 times you can correspond Mm -hmm. you can you can cross check them and it's happened several times what is your evidence that the northern lights granted a wish (laughs) you don't have any (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also uh she says they correspond with a violent death but i mean would you think something that happened a year ago as being corresponding i was assuming that it was like carryover from mm. oh no you're right because you know what actually you've got an excellent point is that it had been <laughs> a year in the original reality when she made mm. the wish it was a year after the violent death yeah, <laughs> that's a hell of a window, and you, you got a good bit of time there. You, you don't have to rush your wish. You get some time to think about it. You get a year to make the wish, but then only what one day to like go back? <laughs> uh, maybe three or four days. It was it was a little bit longer than that, but yeah, much shorter than a year. <laughs> Very good point. Um, so this this was something I just like I just flat out didn't like. I was like, okay, I, I these are this is a bad scripting moment. This is just an exposition dump. This is basically the research scene or the scene in a horror movie where you go to the the spiritual like uh, Mexican lady who knows about the ghost, right? And she explains stuff. Yeah. Except there's not actually something there to explain it. You're just pulling it out of thin air. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah it's it, it's very bizarre and it's like obviously this isn't the point of the movie so it's not like we need airtight logic that you need to explain for like 25 minutes or, or whatever but yeah like it seems like there's su- such easier things you could do like you know e- even if you want to do something stupid like 
oh, you know, the, the people that found this town had a legend that said, if you do this, then this happens, or, or whatever. Sure, or, yeah, something about... I, I appreciate the point of what they're trying to do. They're trying to give her a goal, right? And I always like that in a movie, you have a third act, you want the character to have a goal that will achieve this, the victory, right? Why make it simple? And that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to say, here's the thing that needs to happen to save the day. And even if it ends up being incorrect, this is what they can shoot for in the time being. But it has to be based on something more than this. This was just so like lazily written. The way they just come up with this, the it just it took me out of it. And it actually <laughs> leads to my next thing that really pissed me off is they go back mm -hmm. to her house with her family, right, to Winnie's house, and they knock mm. on the door, and the dad Joel McHale just slams it shut, doesn't want to talk to her, and she knocks on the door again and yells, "I'm not going anywhere. Like this is my house too." Blah blah blah. And mm. Catherine Isabel, the aunt that she's good friends with in the main reality, opens the door. Mm. And she's like, so what, you're saying you're part of this family, but we all don't know you? It's like, mm. yeah, because I know this about you, and I know that about you. And she's like, okay, mm. those are things you could Google. All you've done is tell me, like, you know, where I went to school or whatever. And she's like, okay. And then she tells her a specific story. She's like, oh, you you once got your ass stuck to something because you wore this type of thong uh, in mm. 1999. And, okay, I... I, I I completely get that that would be the first little kink. That would be the first little kink in the armor, right? That, that mm -hmm. it would make her go, that's weird. How could she have known that? That would maybe start mm. to get her, her gears going to maybe possibly accept that she is a, a family member mm. who is from an alternate reality. Mm -hmm. What does she do in the movie? She sort of goes... Oh yeah, that's pretty good, and opens the door and lets her in. <laughs> she like that's it. She she's basically convinced. One <laughs> one fact, which I admit, yes, it's a very specific fact mm -hmm. that no one would know unless you told her. But it, like that's it. She she's basically on board from this point on. Mm -hmm. I just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that bothered me. A, a lot of these things just feel like you know first draft ideas where it's like whatever if you want to write that down when, you, when you're making the first draft of the the script that's fine but it feels like yeah you can think of something you know more solid or yeah you know, i think it's, like it's a twofold problem i think one problem number one is that they've basically just treated her accepting this as a joke but i want them mm -hmm. to take it more seriously in that and problem number two is that frankly part of the excitement of a story like this is how does she convince them the idea that she's going to convince someone sure. that she mm -hmm. is this alternate person from a reality that's better than this one, that she's fighting to get back, how does she convince them to believe her? Like, I want mm -hmm. to see the version that actually earns it, the version that actually convinces her aunt, you really are my niece from an alternate reality that I don't know. I, I want mm -hmm. to see that play out because I think it would be very satisfying to see the moment on her face where she realizes, holy shit, I mm -hmm. believe you. It should feel like a a big, huge character moment that she's convinced her. And she says one thing, and she's like, yeah, that's actually pretty impressive. On you come. <laughs> well, you think the, you know, the easy thing to do, or what, you know, like most, what would make sense to the story, or whatever, you know, would be to mention something about, I forget if it was her wife or girlfriend, you know, from earlier, like, you know, she knew some story about how, 
they met or fell in yeah, love yeah. or something because because then you're not only showing proof but you're also kind of hitting with that emotional beat but like instead i think she just asks like you know a little later on or whatever just asks her like so what happened to her and she's just like oh yeah she was killed too yeah <laughs> I kinda, I, yeah it does feel like very throwaway <laughs> it's such a yeah it's such an afterthought when that comes up it's so much later yeah uh but um so I, I do think it was around this time uh, where that was uh, that joke that made me laugh uh, that I mentioned earlier. So I, I forget if it's when she's talking to her aunt or, or Joel McHale, but um, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it's this scene where, like, yeah, she knocks on the door and I think one of them says something like, so, like, who are you exactly or whatever? And then uh, Weirdo kind of leans in. She says you know, make a lie. And then she just goes, I'm your daughter <laughs> from an alternate reality. Like she just flat out just says the truth. And that, that kind of made me laugh. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So she goes and talks to Joel McHale and she's trying to say, Hey, I knew your son and he used to play the football games and he was good and blah, blah. But then when, he, when she tries to implicate the mayor, Joel McHale gets mm -hmm. very defensive and says, how dare you? He paid for my son's funeral. But then the killer attacks when they're at the house, kill, kills the, the mom, tries to kill the, the aunt, and... Just for the record, I, I hate everything about, like, these scenes. Yeah, well, because there's, there's no, like, interesting choreography, because they do a whole thing here where mm. they knock the killer down and the killer's like, unconscious at the bottom of the stairs, and they basically do that bit from Scream 2. Remember in Scream 2 when they knock the killer out in the car? And they mm. have to like climb out over him to get out the window, and it's really tense, mm. and it's you know it's, it's like they basically try and do that, but it the direction is just not good enough to actually like sell this idea that it's scary having to walk over him. Mm. Probably because it's really so, a, a really open space, they could literally just climb over the banister yeah. if they really wanted to. Yeah. So first, I mean, even before that, I, I I didn't like this stuff with Joe McHale where he like flies off the handle and is like mm. in, talking like so protective of the mayor. Because again, I just didn't get enough of his character in the other reality to know like, all right, is this a big departure for him? Like, did he hate the mayor in the other reality and now he's like all into him? But then also like, yeah, why is he so defensive and like, you know, just not even willing to like hear her out at yeah. all or, or whatever or admittedly it may have been effective if in the, the other reality before it changed if we got him talking about the fact that he tried to kill his kids and how much he hates them so that here when he defends yeah. them it would have like a sort of like oh shit this is like emotional right. whiplash kind of thing perfect yeah there you go uh and then yeah like you were saying then he attacks and it's just yeah it's just not that interesting and then they have to like jump over him but this scene was so weird i did not understand at all like why they were treating it like so like this is such a scary life or death thing to do because first of all my thought was all right he's unconscious on the ground but if you're not sure if he's like dead or alive like why don't you use this moment to like beat the shit out of him <laughs> to make sure that he's not gonna come up like i was like oh like don't tiptoe around him like jump on his nuts or something you know like <laughs> or yeah, uh, you know, like you were saying, even if they even if they don't want to do that, then yeah, just climb over the banister or something. It's not that hard. It's it was like super weird to me the the way the scene played out. Yeah, and obviously, when he's the last one to like try and claim over him, and she decides to like, no, no, I, I need to kill him. Like I need to kill him to get mm. back home and fix everything. But she decides to unmask him. She picks up the knife and then she unmasks him. And then the twist here is it's her dad. It's not it's not the mayor. Mm. And it's like, oh, he's been killing instead of the mayor. 
But it's still quite clear that the mayor was the original killer. It's just that Joel McHale has become his puppet, which mm-hmm. is really weird because it means he knows who killed his son. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I didn't really understand this scene. Like, I didn't know what his motivation was. Like, if... And like you're saying, like, okay, does he know that the, the mayor is the killer? And um, He must do. Yeah, I guess, but then because yeah, it's, it's that, just so weird that if because because the implication from the rest of it is that the mayor was killing people, so he killed the old man who wouldn't sell the house because he wants the land for his building, right? And right. he then went after. Apparently, he he keeps going after the kids. At least to begin with, he went after the children of people who own businesses who didn't want to give up their their shops or their stores or whatever, and right. it was all just a strategical thing. But then the implication is is that he got a taste for killing and kept doing it anyway. <laughs> but then we find out that Joel McHale at some point became the killer instead. Did he just snap after the death of his son and started killing? Mm. Was that independent of the mayor? Because it feels like he was doing it on his I, behalf, but I don't know. I, I, I truly have no idea, and I, I don't think the movie wants you to think about it because they don't really offer that's a problem much I, reasoning or explanation <laughs> yeah I, I think it murkies the whole thing up and at this point i'm like okay i'm so kind of out of it and giving a shit about what's going on with the dad because it just feels so weird um yeah so but at least i can kind of understand okay they're trying to make it tougher for her because now she has to kill her dad technically if, if the whole thing is she mm-hmm. has to kill the killer to get home and the killer's her dad now she has to kill her dad but all i could think was but when you go home how are you going to look your dad in the eye knowing that he could easily just become a killer? Like, <laughs> so it's a bit yeah. wild. But a- anyway, they, they go back to the movie theater and they're like, try to solve or come up with and, plans. Yeah. And this and this is when the the mom and her boyfriend or lover die too, right? Yeah, they, I think they die in this whole yeah. segment. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even remember and how they died. So, I mean, that's a big problem with the movie is that Again, like the horror elements, like the kills and stuff, are just very forgettable. Like I just watched this yesterday, and I was, you know, it's not like I was, I was pretty invested in the movie. I wasn't like you know, looking at my oh. phone and stuff. But there's still parts like this that are just forgettable to me. Yeah, I think a lot of the kill stuff. I mean, there were, we we kind of alluded to it in the spoiler-free section, but somewhere in the middle of all this, there was a kill of the guy at the party, the one with the flashing lights. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. It, you know, it doesn't affect anything, so that's why I've not mentioned it again. It's just kind of yeah. there. Um, so they go to the movie theater and they're like, hey, we have to kill him. And at this point, Catherine Isabel's character is like, yeah, 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 I believe you. You're my you're my niece from another world. This is great. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's kill him. Uh, so they're going to try and lure him in as a trap. And this was kind of painful because I'm like, okay, you're so, like, you're so close to what I like because I love characters <laughs> being proactive. And the idea of them setting a trap of them like they have mannequins sitting in the movie theater so they can jump out and kill him when he comes in that's a f- mm-hmm. like how trying to lure him in somewhere to kill him is a fun idea the problem is though is that there's a red herring where the the mm-hmm. boyfriend or you know her boyfriend and the girl that he's with comes in instead and then once that happens mm-hmm. the killer just shows up a minute later and them trying to deceive the killer is completely irrelevant and what's even worse about it mm-hmm. is that after a little chase scene she just stabs the the, the, the dad slash killer and that's mm. it. And this is where I went, wait, is that it? Is, is that the final <laughs> showdown with the killer? 
It kind of is. <laughs> I mean, it's not the final showdown yeah. with Justin Long, but it's the final showdown with someone in that outfit who's trying to kill them. Right, yeah. And that's it. And then she's like, wait, why am I not going home? Why, why is the Aurora Borealis still fading away? Where, where's, where's my magic wish? Yeah. It's a whole thing. <sighs> so, because the sad part is, is that right after this, and Catherine Isabel's character gets stabbed during this as well, uh, so she's gone now too, um, <laughs> is that they introduced the one thing here that I really like. This is the one little <laughs> twist on the plot that I think is actually a really great idea is that mm-hmm. when she tries to make her wish to go back home and it doesn't work, Weirdo Girl reveals that this was going to be her last Christmas and that she was thinking mm-hmm. of committing suicide. And I thought to myself, oh, this is an interesting twist because then in It's a Wonderful Life is the character who experiences the other world that is the one who was going to commit suicide. And this is kind of this thing where now when the main character goes back to her reality... We're, we're, uh, to compare it to Back to the Future again, it's almost like Marty going back at the end of the first movie and still trying to save Doc. It's like, oh shit, I'm back. I've got my family back. My brother's alive. Everything's back to normal. But shit, that girl may still be trying to commit suicide. And by this point, she cares about her. By this point, she 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 has feelings for her, right? You know, because obviously it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not happened yet. But by the time they do go back to the regular reality, they kiss right before it happens, right? Because mm-hmm. I I was thinking this was a romantic thing. It felt like it was building up to a romantic payoff for sure. quite a lot of the movie mm-hmm. so i was thinking you know what i actually really like this element i like this element where they've kind of like became friends they've fallen for each other even uh, romantically and this girl who everything we saw from the start of this movie is that she was called names she was throwing stuff at the one weird thing about all that though is that i didn't understand why she was going to the house parties i'm like this isn't a school thing you don't have to be here yeah. you could have just stayed home but regardless so that's yeah. a minor quibble um i thought oh this is a really fun idea that they've they've cared about each other and she's almost being very selfless because she's helping her erase this reality and she's erasing like hey I- i'm the weird girl i'm the one no one likes and if you go back to your reality then i go back to not having anyone so she's almost being very selfless on top of everything else i thought this was a great idea We'll go back and talk about the climax with Justin Long because I've got thoughts on that. I just, but since we're on, <laughs> since we're on this particular talking point, mm-hmm. when he wakes up in her own bed at the end of the movie, her family's back, her brother's back, her parents are apologetic for not, you know, talking to her about her trauma. Quite right, because that was really weird and messed up. And she's happy to see everyone. Her aunt's back. Her aunt's girlfriend's there. She's all excited, and she realizes, shit, I've, I've got to go and get um. Bernie, I gotta go and get weirdo because she was going to commit suicide. She said this was going to be her last Christmas, and now we're back in the real reality. Nothing might stop her, so she starts running to go. My first problem with this is that the tone of this run to go to her is like so happy. It's really weird. I'm like, aren't you supposed oh, yeah. to be scared right <laughs> now that she might commit suicide? And instead, she bumps into her ex boyfriend and his new girlfriend, and is like stops to say oh i'm happy for you two guys actually you're fine be in love with each other hold hands it's great and she runs off and there's upbeat music playing and i thought i want to feel tense right now i want to feel tense because this character the one character in the movie you've kind of made me care about might be about to end her life so that's problem number one (laughs) i mean again i haven't seen it but it feels like they're trying to copy it's a wonderful life here where yeah 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 uh, for sure 
I feel like that I've seen at least that scene from the movie where he's like, I think she even says like one of the same lines where she's like, hello, like Merry Christmas movie house or, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, so, you know, which is fine. But then, like you said, it's, it's again, it's clashing in what should be a very tense, like, am I going to make it in time kind it, of scene, you know? Arguably, if, if they handled this correctly, it'd be easily the most tense thing in the whole movie is caring about whether or not she was mm-hmm. going to commit suicide. But she gets mm-hmm. to the door and she's fine. The, you know, Bernie opens the door and she's like, what are you doing here? And there's a moment of like quiet. And then this is the part that blows my mind. And I hate it, Tim. I hate it. Weirdo girl Bernie smiles and reveals that she remembers everything. Mm-hmm. What? What movie? <laughs> okay, right. So my first thought here is, that are you trying to suggest that because they were kissing when the wish happened to bring her back to her real life, that somehow that's magically kept her with these memories? If that's the case, and that's completely out of your ass if it is, does she remember both realities now? Like, cause she, she grew up in this other reality where mm-hmm. Winnie didn't exist. And now she's yeah. also her regular self from this reality as well. Have those two mm-hmm. realities merged in her brain? Does she have two sets of memories? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be tough uh, to deal with. <laughs> you can make a whole movie about someone trying to reconcile that in their head. Oh, jeez. Like, I just... This felt like... Cause part, it's cheap. It's a, yeah, it's cheap. Because like, to me, I thought, okay, the, the magical little thing you can do at the end, and this is, wouldn't be original, mm-hmm. but it's the idea is you have Winnie go to Bernie and you have her start a new friendship with the idea being that if the chemistry is really there, that it will lead to the romance again. And this is just like her right. starting that that friendship. And it will just end in a hopeful note of, oh, it's probably going to happen. But instead, yeah. they take this easy way out of her just being like, yeah, I remember everything. Come in and let's be girlfriends. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. weird. It's, uh, yeah, I, I was very surprised by it. And then it and it ends very abruptly after that. So it's almost yes. like the movie's like, uh, we don't want you to even think about it. Here's the credits. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. It, it, um, it doesn't no, hold I, up to any thought. It's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's also just not, like, a good, like, it, yeah, it, it's just way too convenient and abrupt, and it, it just doesn't serve the story well. It's a very odd choice, like, like you said, because it, it would work perfectly fine to just have her open the door, and, like, we know the that Weirdo is, you know, desperate for friendship, companionship, and, and uh-huh. everything, so it's not like she's going to turn her away or, or anything like, you know, it'd be very easy for her to like, you know, open the door and then just be like, Hey, like, I know you don't know me, but like, I care about you and like, or, you know, you know, just want to let you know you have a friend or whatever. And then they can, or I just want to know if you want to talk to someone, there's yeah, so like, many different things you can do that. It's a lot sweeter. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that like, she has to be up on a ledge and she has to talk her down or anything, but just right, the yeah. implication <laughs> that maybe like, Hey, maybe she was about to do it in 10 minutes. You don't know. But the idea that her showing yeah. up and like offering this friendship is going to like make her day, that could be really, really sweet. And instead, yeah. they just give you this cheap, like easy ending. It, it's... Then mm, like that. <laughs> that said, though. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, we skipped over... what. The, so 
when the wish doesn't work the first time, right? So they've killed the dad, but it's like, hey, th- like the 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 Northern Lights is still disappearing. Oh, maybe we have to stop the mayor because he's the real evil. Okay, mm. makes enough sense, I guess. And this Only is killing Justin Long grants wishes. <laughs> and this is where things get really weird for no reason. Yeah, I legitimately did not understand what was happening in, in this final scene. Because <laughs> I honestly was getting to the point here where I'm like, okay, this has to turn out to be a dream or something, because now it's just doing weird yeah. things that make no sense. And that is that when they go to... There, there was like a, a mention earlier on that he has this event that he's doing for Christmas, which, by the way, a lot of the middle of this movie like forgets that it's a Christmas movie. It doesn't really matter that much. Mm. But he's doing this this thing where he's doing like a... I don't know, a gathering where he's on a stage and he's ba- like lighting a tree or something. Yeah, that- something with that. But he's he's basically saying the poster said, you know, are you not your nice? Only Mayor Waters will tell you. Oh right, right. So yeah. they they go up to this thing where he's on the stage, and he's like, oh, this family are nice, and he you know he gives him a present or something, mm-hmm. and then he says, but my brother, the sheriff, he's been naughty. And he's like, what? What, brother? He's like, well, you, you've uh, you've put in for a transfer. Do you think I wouldn't know about that? And then he kills his brother in front of this audience, and two men in white coats take the, the, the brother's like dying body away. And then this is where I think I started to notice that all the people in the audience were all sort of like frozen still, like they're in a trance, and they all have like green mm-hmm. eyes, like bright green eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? Is he got like magic spells or something? I think, I think the implication, and I may be giving the movie too much credit here, and like giving them a an excuse. Mm. I think the implication is that he himself made a wish with the Northern Lights, mm. and that's why these people are all just going along with whatever he's doing. I I assume it has something to do with that because, like you said, the eyes are kind of this greenish tint, which is like the color of yeah, the lights. Yeah, that's what I was so, thinking. Yeah, I'm guessing, but it is such a bizarre thing to be like all of a sudden, like, oh, he has superpowers. <laughs> like, that, is this a new thing? <laughs> like, I know this is a movie about someone making a wish and then going to a reality where that wish is true, right? I I know that that's a big fantastical thing, but other than that there's nothing in the movie that is supernatural or, or whatever. Right. So yeah. All of a sudden I, him having people like a cult, all just staring with these eyes that like they're being possessed is really out of nowhere. Yeah. And like, not that I think it, w- it would have been better, but like if, if you wanted to see that, like you could have something where earlier in the movie, whenever she tries mm. to bring up his name, like people's eyes flicker, you know, and, and maybe that's why like, Oh, whenever she tries to tell people, they like dismiss her. Like, not that I, I would have enjoyed that necessarily, but at least it would have fit the story more and laid some groundwork uh, versus what they do here, which is just so out of left field. And um, I guess the implication I, I is that know. maybe that's why the dad was killing people. It's not that he actually wanted to, it's that he was, that he being, was being controlled. controlled. Okay, yeah. That uh, makes sense. <laughs> I don't like it, but I guess Yeah, I don't like it either, yeah. but, it, but it's... Which... <sighs> Yeah, all of this is just really, really strange. And it's like, is this what he wanted originally? He 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 dreamed of being like in such a tyrant to this town that he could make them do whatever he wanted and he's just happy he's got his tower of the big W on it. <laughs> and 
I, I mean, I, I don't know what his motivations are. Like, at first, it just seems like he's a greedy business guy. Uh, but then it seems like he's a serial killer who likes to kill. And now it seems like he's, like, someone that likes to control people. Like, if he can control people, like, yeah, at some point, you, you don't have to kill people anymore because they can just do, like, whatever you want, you know? Like, so unless you just like killing, you know, which I, I guess he does, but it, it it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I... It's so unfocused and so unsure of what it wants mm. to do. The 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 few genuinely good premise ideas that it has, or the the one great character idea it has with with the weirdo girl and her, mm. like that friendship, and then her saying that she was going to commit suicide, and that being something that'll happen in the regular reality when she goes back, because mm. you know she wouldn't have had this adventure with the main character. That's a great little idea, and I thought it was a cool, cool thing. But they went out of their way to like just ruin it at every turn like once they introduced it that was it it was and even some of this climax is really comical where they start Mm -hmm. punching justin long like sort of in turns Mm -hmm. and that was really weird um and even justin long's wife grabs a knife and tries to stab someone (laughs) yeah and then like at one point he falls off the stage and all like the people like descend upon him like they're like zombies from like george romero (laughs) or something but then Again, it's like they don't do anything, and I'm not sure why they did that. It just needs a better defined, like more confident story where that yeah. it feels like so much. So many of the ideas you're just kind of like, oh, we had this other random idea, so we're just going to throw it in, and then it's just mm. going to kind of peter off as like it, you know, doesn't really wrap up properly, and then oh, then the magic lights appear in the sky and send her home, so we don't have to explain anything. And I just, none of it's th- that interesting. Like, I, I I can see a movie where something weird happens and then maybe it's like done in a way where you're like, oh my God, we have to sit and theorize how this happened. But this doesn't feel like yeah. it's got like a design behind it. It just feels like random and stupid. Yeah. And then like, not that it would have made it better, but if it was something where it ends up like all being a dream or in her head, like you can get away with, more uh-huh. leaps of logic, I guess. But like you said, because they have to have that little thing with Weirdo at the end, it's like, all right, well, it couldn't have just been a dream because <laughs> she experienced everything too. Yeah, that's, that's the thought. That's what, that's what I was saying earlier on. I said, there's something at the end that proves that this all really happened, and that's the fact that the <laughs> other person remembers it all. <laughs> so there's no wiggle room to suggest that, oh, this this was just in her head or this was something of her like thinking through what she said and coming to a, con- a healthier conclusion. Nope. It's just, it's just that. Um, <laughs> it, it's rough. I don't know. And I felt kind of bad at the end as well, because unlike it's a wonderful life, like when she comes back at the end, her best friend was still murdered and it feels like that doesn't matter anymore. That's very true. Yeah. She's just happy to be back. It's like, ah, I don't care about her anymore. Yeah. It's fine. Let's, let's go on with our lives. Yeah, like, there's still, like, trauma and stuff she's going to have to to process. I mean, like, granted, it's like, okay, yeah, there's relief that I exist and this is a better timeline, but there's still stuff that, you know, I have to work on. Yeah. So, ah, uh, frustrating. It's I felt like I came into this being like, oh, it's pretty middling because I do like some of the ideas and I think the start of it's mm-hmm. pr- relatively strong in setting everything up, but like talking about it, the more I realize just how much I dislike like what the back half of the movie does with everything. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd still say that I'm a little more positive than you, but I mean, really pointing out some of the faults is is not <laughs> going to do it uh, <laughs> very much justice score wise. No, which I guess I mean you can have any final thoughts mm. you want, but uh, would you like to to rate? It's a wonderful knife. Um, well, one thing I did want to mention too: uh, great title, but I feel like it's the knife wasn't really like like the killer does use a knife sometimes, but um, it didn't really feel very like prevalent. Uh, yeah, so I feel like a, a better use of this title would be like, don't copy the plot of It's a Wonderful Life. I know that you're kind of taking that name, but I feel like yeah. you just do a Christmas horror movie where the knife itself is really important and that's all you need to do to justify the title sure yeah <laughs> but, but you know um but no i mean I, I think this review you know probably did skew a, a bit more negative uh at least certainly that that i intended but uh with all the stuff that we said i do think it is still a watchable movie like you know it's very easy breezy um the i i do think the the main characters in a uh, Winnie and weirdo are, are likable enough that it, you know, it carried the movie for me. Um, and, uh, and again, I, even though he's not in it a ton, I, I really like Justin Long's character and, you know, there's an, enough interesting stuff with the premise that, um, and that kind of first section that uh, I was at least still, you know, I, I had enough fun watching it that I wasn't like, you know, ripping my hair out or, you know, uh, <laughs> like shouting at the TV screen. Um, but like we pointed out though, there were definitely parts that were very frustrating that feel like, you know, this, that you just either, I don't know, just didn't think about the script hard enough or care enough to, you know, fix like, you know, some pretty easy stuff. It, it makes <laughs> like, you appreciate how intricately smart, like the happy death day script is, the way it juggles all those characters yeah. she interacts with and it gives them all a bit of meaning in her story. Yeah. Uh, here not so much yeah so maybe a little lower than i was originally in, in intending uh because i think going in i was like i had enough fun and i liked the you know some of the characters and the premise and, and and stuff that i was i was leaning more towards like you know maybe something like a a six or a 6.5 but um <laughs> talking about some of the stuff that I, I didn't like did make it stand out more like a, a, a sore thumb and um and again it's it's it, it makes it more annoying that it's stuff that's like, oh, like, you didn't have to do this. Like, there's much easier ways that, you know, you, you could have gone about it. Like, you're just talking about stuff like this this weird kind of final act at the end and then the last little stinger bit with, you know, Winnie um, and what Winnie and we you know, and, and stuff. Uh, like, yeah, so I don't know. It, it is, I, I think you said frustrating is kind of a good word uh, uh, to use there because there's a lot to like, but then it's kind of bogged down with you know these mistakes but i think i'm gonna go with 5.5 5. uh you know it it's you know it, it i i still had fun watching it and there are things uh that i liked but then yeah there's just a lot of these really weird stuff that stood out but uh not the worst <laughs> by by any stretch but yeah oh yeah we've definitely done worse i mean there's no question so did you give it a number 5.5 I, I think I'll go with um yeah I, it's, it's it is so frustrating because it keeps getting in its way on its own way or it gets in its way of its own premise or just some of the the humor well as I did get laugh a couple times there's also times where 
some dialogue felt a bit try hard like when she's deciding that she has to kill her dad to get home she's the line like the, the camera's like right in front of her is a flat shot which is typically if you do someone sort of straight on like that you're doing it for a comedy line and she says all right let's kill my not dad dad or something it was i was a line like that yeah. and it felt really like try hard like you're trying so hard to be funny with that and it just it, it did yeah. not work so um yeah i think i i think it's an easy enough pleasant watch to have on even mm. though i can't really recommend it all that much because i don't think it really capitalizes on its premise and there's just there's better examples of taking a, a classic movie and adding a horror spin on to it and i think it falls into the same trap of totally killer and some of the weaker ones which is that it just it treats it like a silly movie that they don't have to actually have weight behind anything they're doing and even worse it has ideas that seriously could be great and then it just goes out of its way to to make it not great this is tough uh i think all that said i think i similarly came in with a a score in mind Mm. which is similar to what you actually ended up giving it and i think i'm going down as well based on all the conversation because it's made me more mad at it so i think i'm going to go with a 4.5 wow yeah 4.5 can't argue with it yeah yeah (laughs) it just it frustrated me enough i I thought i was going to like it more based on the first like 20 minutes or so and then it just Mm kind of kept sliding as the as the movie went on so hey ho that's that's the movie that's that's a wonderful knife that is our, our christmas uh episodes done there was obviously a bonus episode which was a christmas episode if you're a patron at three dollars or up you get access to that so go go check out patreon.com slash tv and of course uh you get bonuses for other shows me and david do a couple of monthly shows on there they're exclusive uh like extra reels which is some of the worst movies of all time which might appeal if you like us talking about bad movies uh you can get i I, remind me after the show i got one for you (laughs) oh god i got enough recommendations from taron i need to take recommendations from you oh dear um but that that is that's the show um i think we're 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 planning on doing a winter themed episode uh for 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 next Mm. week uh so we'll see how that goes but uh look look forward to that uh but that is the show so thank you very much for joining us everyone uh give us a nice five star rating on itunes or wherever your podcast from and like subscribe all the usual things that we always tell you uh but hopefully you've had a nice 2023 with uh streams oh we, actually the next episode will be before the end of the year so i, I don't need to do the end of year speech i'll say i'll do that next time but ha- hopefully you have a nice christmas everyone and uh we'll mm-hmm. see you afterwards for more scary good stuff uh, but thank you very much We'll see you next time. Keep watching scary movies. Merry Christmas.